<laughs> okay. We were uh, all right. Recording. Yeah, we, no, we, we were live streaming. I, and th- oh, that so was, that was just for exclusive. That was exclusively Facebook for Facebook listeners. <laughs> that wasn't even, but for you people who missed it on the podcast, we were talking, I, I just re- related to the fellas here that I was not sighing at the beginning of the show today because I feel more optimistic, uh, at least about this day. Even though uh, it is the 1st of December, and sitting here in this particular location is the last thing I thought, what are you doing? <laughs> the huge wasp is on the carpet, and I'm stepping on it. Did you get it? Yeah, I think so. By the way, I did see it fly by you a minute. <laughs> it was, honestly, it was, uh, it was pretty big. I mean, well, it's big enough for me to see it fly, fly by your head. No, I know it's huge, and he was here yesterday, so what did he eat? I guess that's why he's on the carpet. He's starving to death or something. You know, I don't even know. (laughs) I don't know, Dan, what what a regular wasps eat. People. I don't know. Here's the thing. that uh, Had it been me, that would have been taken care of yesterday. Oh, yes. (laughs) Why wouldn't you get on the... On the well, wasp he, right away. Well, because you know. he left his uh, basement, he went back to his regular life. What are you doing? Are you going to get it to show us? Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't, picture. I don't want to touch it. Oh, you're taking a picture of the wasp. What was what I talking about, Dan? What was I talking about just before uh, I got distracted by the wasp story? Uh, you mean on air here? Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no one. Something, something it was with, like 40 seconds ago. Something to do with the You were explaining the buoyancy you felt because of the beginning of the... the, the oh, the that, uh, yeah, where I was going to be. No sighing, <laughs> no sighing this morning. Yeah, I said to Fred in our pre-show meeting, I said, you know, looking out at the Queensway, thinking about where I was going to be on this day, if uh, my heart hadn't attacked me. I was uh, still going to be, I would be wrapping up my time in San Miguel. Then Saturday, I was going to head to see my brother and his lady, Ruth, in uh, Puerta Aventuras, which is near Tulum. And then I would have had another week before I came back to this. It was brutal yesterday. It was more than just cold. It was like being tortured. (laughs) (laughs) It was. Did you do your walk yesterday, Friedrich? No, I was going to, and I was preparing to, and I stuck my nose out, and the wind was so high, and there was little ice crystals in the air, so I thought, screw it, I'm not doing it, so I'll do it today. But last night, you know, after, and then I went out to the garage to get a pair of pliers for my wife. She needed a pair of pliers for some little project she's doing, and it was miserable out. So I texted my buddy, Doug, who I'll be traveling with, and I said, we only have six weeks of winter left. (laughs) Yeah, you're like the uh, Scarborough Groundhog Buddies. Yeah. Six more weeks of winter. Six more weeks of winter, and that's it. Yeah, Fred's referring to the fact that in the middle of January, Janvier, you're going to a place I've never been to, the Dominican Republic. Uh Uh-huh. Highly recommended area called Kite Beach uh, Cabarete uh, is the town, apparently. We're going for a month. Got a a neat little condo there. What's our time difference going to be? Well, that's an hour ahead. So that's perfect. You'll be here. So if the show starts at 730 here, it'll be 830 for me, which is fine. 
I'm just going to go. I was, launch, I was going to launch into a, a version of Goo Head there, but I couldn't, I couldn't make the connection. <laughs> so what time will it be for me and you? <laughs> uh, well, I'll tell you what, what, what's made a huge difference in my buoyancy is that uh, I, uh, you know, I have our, my guy Dan comes around here. Every, you know, I'm not alone, you know. Dan pops in after his day of work and toil. And we get a little time together and hang out. Last night was great. You know, I'd already had dinner. Dan came in and it made some... Uh, first, it was interesting because Dan, you know, he's really into Costco. And so our freezer is filled with Costco stuff. Now, I benefit from this because he buys these uh, tapioca... Maple uh, something or other. Yeah, these like uh, ice cream bar type of things. Okay. They're so good. How come I've never had one? Uh, they're relatively new. Oh. I would happily share it with and you. And how did you discover? Well, I was uh, looking for something in uh, that would be uh, interesting to eat with Colton, because I would used to, when he lived with me, I used to like to get him a little treat when I was at Costco, and that was it. And uh, then I uh, brought it into the, uh, the Humco world here. Yeah, and uh, the first time we had it, we were pretty high. And he said, hey, you want to try these? And they were the best thing I'd ever tasted. But now, because of my condition, I have to wait until I go to the cardiologist. You know, I've got a list of questions. One of the first ones is, when can I smoke weed again? So, uh, but Dan also brought out these frozen onion soup uh, things where you sort of microwave them. They're like a, 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 they were apparently pretty tasty. But while he was warming them up, it smelled. I said to Dan, I said, is the microwave taking a shit? Because it just in the in the cooking of it, it just smelled terrible. And then uh, irony of ironies, we looked over and in my little area between the kitchen and the living room there, the dining room sort of walkway, our boy Clifford had taken a giant dump. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And I didn't big. see it, so I was walking. I was gonna I, after we, you know, I said, "Hey, I'm gonna go watch some TV. I watch the Australian uh, golf anyway." I stepped in fucking Clifford's shit. You stepped in it, yeah, man. Barefoot? No, no, yeah. and my oh. uh, my flip flops. I've stepped in his shit before. Oh no! Uh, 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 right, it wasn't Clifford's. It was someone else's. <laughs> no, at first, <laughs> at first, I thought Dan had done it because it was huge. Yeah, like. You know, honestly, before hearing that story, if you'd have said, who would be most li- more likely to shit in the hallway of my home, Dan or Clifford? I would pick Dan. <laughs> <laughs> I would. Yeah. Because my boy is just so obedient. He must have really been in a situation. Man. Yeah. Poor bugger. Well, yeah. I, I came home in the afternoon. I took both of them out in the back and... No, I'm sorry. When I came back from dinner, I was out with best friend Dave last night for dinner, and I came back around a half an hour before Dan came, and both the dogs went outside, and I thought they had done their business. But, you know, sometimes when it's, for dogs, when it's cold like it was, they just go out do the bare minimum. <laughs> they, and Get done, yeah. They, they, they cut themselves off or something because it wasn't long after Dan came home that Clifford must have done it. We, we didn't see it. Yeah, but that place uh, is so multi-leveled too. Like, how does he tell you that he's got to go out? 
you know, if he's like on the third floor, you know, what, what is that? It's, he's not used to that. It's going to take some time. Yeah. For him to signal, yeah, figure out how to signal. I think the patio yeah. doors, I'm going to keep an eye because I think he went to the patio doors when I was here and, and sort of looked out and I didn't put it together. So when I first got home, he sort of like looked out there forlornly, I thought. And then, oh, that's interesting. But you can't go, you know, it's on the second floor. Yeah, so obviously, I pay but it was to weird to me, Freddie, that I literally a half an hour before Dan came home, I had taken Clifford out, but he and Stan just sort of looked like they were doing something. So I thought that, you know, they had done their business, but it was so cold last night. Well, that's got to be one of the most aggravating aspects of dog ownership, right? When it's cold and miserable out and you take them out, and you know, they have to go and you're waiting and waiting and you're wishing that they would just get it over with and they're not. And yeah, I remember that in my dog days. Come on, Billy, just have a dump, please, please. Come on. It's cold out. But now you know why we don't or, you know, I don't always pick it up right away and i come because because first of all it's dark last night so i'd be and there cliff goes in one area stan goes in the other area anyway i i I walked into it and then we go you know we you know dan picked it up we disinfected the uh the hardwood and i washed my flip-flops and disinfected those and everything was fine you know it's just some poop he carried on (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I'm just I'm surprised because I would get I, I would ha- uh, be under the impression that dog would die before it would shit in the house. So it just tells you the disorientation for him, the newness, the levels, the confusion. Yeah. Poor yeah, he's a, he's a good boy. Mm-hmm. And then uh, for some reason, right, continuing on with this theme. So Dan and I were, I was talking to Dan while he was having his ice, uh, sorry, his uh, onion soup. It was French onion, but French onion. That's what it was. As, and, and it was weird. It did smell weird while you were warming it up. So while that's going on, Stan, who is weird anyway, just keeps circling the island there while Dan and I are talking. And Stan's move. I finally said, Stan, go on, buddy. And I couldn't figure out why he was acting so weird. But I realized after it was twofold. He would saw the shit and he's like, something's going down. I don't <laughs> Something's going on. It's, I just want everyone to know that wasn't me. Yes. <laughs> it was funny. And then I'm like, buddy, what's going on? And then, so fu- we see the shit. And then I see Stan goes to the top of the stairs because that's how Stan yeah. tells me he has to go out. He's lived here six okay. years. Right. So I'm like, oh, he has to go to. And he went out and had a dump. Right. Yeah. By the way, well, you got your hands full. You got Cliff <laughs> shitting on the floor and Dan pissing in the bed. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. And making French onion, <laughs> French onion diarrhea in my microwave. By the way, for you people who are new to uh, this program, yeah, we're doing a solid 10 on dog shit, okay? <laughs> a yeah. solid 10. If you're a program director. That's right. <laughs> That's right. I can just hear the program directors. Guys, get off the shit story. Especially that one guy we used to work for. This would blow his mind. I hear one more shit story. <laughs> <laughs> what a oh, That's right. We In those days, we only did 90 seconds on shit. <laughs> <laughs> now we could do the entire show. Oh uh, yeah. Hey, you mentioned uh, yesterday that uh, that my name was not on the uh, the best of list for the year as far as name, naming kids. Is, you got oh, that that's right. Still? Your name was actually. 
Yeah, he did. At the end, he said he had found it. Um, I found it, Dan. It's, I, I missed it because it's under Daniel, which is uh, 44. And I think you've gone up three spots. Good. Yeah. Well, tracking a great name there. I uh, Daniel is the uh, 44th most popular boy name for... <clears throat> 2022. Do you want to know what the number one is? Yeah. How how bizarre are they getting now? You know, not really. Okay. Um, still, still books of the Bible getting the boots. Yeah, yeah. Like big one. Uh, well, the number Marks one. The number. Pardon me, Dan. Sorry. Like Matthews, Marks, Luke's. Actually, Lucas is in there. Not number one. I'll give you a couple of the uh, not strange ones, but just different ones. Levi's number twelve. Hudson is number fifteen. I like that name actually. Le- the, some of the biblical names have dropped off. Matthew, Isaiah, um, Walker is a boy's name, Milo, Silas, Abraham, <laughs> and uh, Landon is a uh, being used as a, a boy's first name now, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, there's sort of a tipping point there. Sometimes you hear these these names and you think, oh, that's okay and creative. That's different. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's like, oh, my God, they how much time did they spend going through name books and come up with that bizarre thing? Uh, Dan's son, Colton, spelled just like you guys spell it, has dropped off. It was uh, it's 85 this year, but it's uh, dropped down 17 spots. I keep looking for, uh, there's, you know, I can't find John, your grandson's name, although maybe I'm just not seeing it. Mateo's in there. Zachary's in there. And the number one boy's name for 2022, Noah. Well, a big character in the Bible, anyway. Yeah. No John, no Fred. Yeah, that story. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like, isn't that story enough to make you think this is just all stupid? <laughs> really? Well, what about the original Bible? You know, the, the Jewish Bible, the original Bible, where Moses was said to speak to a bush. That was, it's not one, it's, it's not enough he spoke to the bush, but spoiler alert, it was on fire. Hey, back in the 70s, I used to speak to a lot of bushes. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> Great. How are you? I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. Nice to see you. <clears throat> I'm sure Granny, <laughs> I'm sure your, your uh, you know, Granny Doll would love to hear this bit. Although with Doll, Don't she's probably... talk back. Don't you talk back. That's right. <laughs> I'm sure she's probably left after the first 10 minutes of shit talk. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are boys' names. Uh, quickly for girls' names, the number one. These are, by the way, these are in Canada. Eleanor is still on the list. Yeah. Which is a great name. Ellie. Uh, my oldest brother has a daughter named Eleanor, but everyone calls her Ellie. Bella's in there. Uh, Penelope. Some old school names. I like old school names. I used to have a crush. Well, not a crush. Yeah, several guys at our public school had a crush. I'm sorry, you had a crush on several guys. That's all I... What did I hear? Oh, no, no. Several okay. guys had a crush. Oh, okay. Her name was Penny. Yeah. And she was an early developer at oh yeah grade eight so we were all attracted to that 
Yeah, yeah we had yeah. Uh, we had one of those. Vicky. Vicky got boobs before anyone else. We were just fast. She was one of those things where she went away and whatever, grade seven, came back in grade eight with some boobs. And then, you know, uh, I guess 71. Yeah, I guess I started high school maybe in the fall of 70, 71. I can't remember how he, uh, Dan. Um, that's when the, uh, the braless look took hold. Uh, girls stopped wearing brassieres. And I just think back in the 70s, like it, it was, it was um, the exception to see a girl wearing a brassiere as opposed to, they just all wore t-shirts and those little tube tops and stuff without a bra. And you just saw nipples here and nipples, nipples there. Nipples were everywhere. everywhere. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think they'd be allowed to do that all these 50 years later. But it was just so common back then. Um, Charlie is on this list as a girl's name. Oh, I love that. And, and when I, uh, when my Charlie was born, I had never heard uh, a girl named Charlie except for those. Perfume ads. Perfume ads. Thank you, Dan. Yeah. I, uh, like, um, I like Millie for a girl's name. I like Zoe. Um, like Zoe. I think there's like May, your granddaughter. There's like me. There's a bunch of close to May. There's Maya. <clears throat> Excuse me. There's Mia. Um, and the number one uh, girl's name again. Not what you'd expect in this time of our uh, year of our Lord, twenty hundred and twenty-two. But Olivia, another great name for a girl. Don't you mean Gord? You're of our Gord. That's true. By the way, Dan, you'll love this because you're a big fan of Auntie Ruby. Brand new on the list this year. Brand new. Number 62. Most popular girl name. Auntie Ruby. (laughs) 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 Great. Uh, Also new on the list. Rose. Elena. Cecilia. Cecilia. That too. Uh, Maya is new. I have a uh, my my brother's uh, granddaughter is named Maya. Mm. So there you go. We've done you know what we've done so far. If you're a program director, is we've done ten minutes of shit talk and seven minutes of <laughs> I, baby names. It's the balance. Okay, the baby names would have been fine with a program director though because it's yeah. topical. And- sure, it is. I thought there would have been more of a stop down on the nipples, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Uh, I forgot we bridged it with nipple tits. Uh, Nipple talk. Sorry. I really thought there'd be a stop down there. Well, it's not like we haven't explored that topic before. I can't remember. Um, Did did you not have that in Moose Jaw with the girls walking around with the the nose bras? Uh, I I, I didn't have much to say there because I don't recall it. Remember, I didn't start high school. Until 1974. No, it was, um, yeah, it was common for, for us. Even in the Bible Belt, Alberta. It was, I was just thinking about that the other day. I, had, I saw a girl wearing a, sort of a tank top with no bra, and you could see nipple. <clears throat> and I thought, That's, that is exactly the look that we sort of like, you know, it was commonplace. It didn't even register. And then, you know... It was there the other day. I was like, "Wow, that's that's yeah. old of that that girl." Yeah, but in the know. day it wasn't it, at all. It was like just everybody did it. It was like a thing, and you know nobody cared. Yeah, like fifty years later, it's funny that we from that aspect we're a little more prudish. Just odd. 
Hmm. But I, I think, think they uh, really crack down on it at the schools. They crack down on it. And maybe in uh, at Central High, maybe they had already cracked down on that trend. Mm-hmm. I don't recall. But then I'm a soon-to-be 63-year-old man. There's lots of things I can't remember. My kids always make fun of me because my nipples tend to be erect quite often. Mm. And they stick through my shirt, and they, they make fun of me. But isn't it interesting that that would be acceptable or whatever you'd want? Yet girls would be told, you can't have erect nipples sticking out of your shirt. That's, uh, put a brassiere on before you come to school. But a slob like me could walk around with big nipples hanging out of the <laughs> Big, big <laughs> tube nipples. I, I think it would be funnier, though, if you showed up one day at the family and one of your nipples had like a ring on it. You're like, eh, this is where I'm at now. Yeah, Grandpa's got a nipple ring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Next week, it's my tongue. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, ha ha. Uh, a couple other things we should probably get to before we actually start the show. Because we're going to do uh, emails today. And then... Um, you know, it's funny, we were just talking about the 1970s with nipples and such, but Christine McVie of Fleetwood Mac, one of the biggest bands of the 70s, in fact, one of the first bands to ever sell, like, that many records, like, you know, a multi-platinum, you know, the album Rumors was such a big part of everyone in the 70s lives, and it was interesting because I started radio in 1977, and by that time, Rumors had you know, was a staple of radio play across the world. And I was thinking about Christine McVie yesterday because she died at age 79, which after my recent trip to San Miguel doesn't seem that old when you've been around a bunch of people in their 70s and late 80s. You know, 79 is, uh, you know, pretty, you know, most women will live till 84, 85. But then I thought, well, in 1977, when I started radio, I was 17. She would have only been 34. I don't know why that stuck out to me as some kind of, you know, perspective. But I thought, you know, at first you think 79, but at the age we're all at, when we were in the 1970s, these rock stars that we looked up to, they were only in their late 20s and 30s. Yeah. Here's what went through my mind yesterday. You know, being one that, you know, Fleetwood Mac, not a huge band for me, and I never really get into the names of the people but in the bands. I, I was just really never like that beyond the the Beatles. So when I heard yesterday that Christine McVie had died, I thought, oh, no, the woman from Sleep Country's dead. Oh. <laughs> that's right. No, what's, you, you thought, is that, and that's the truth. Now. Did you think, wait a second, the woman from Sleep Country was in Fleetwood Mac? No, because, no, Boone just said a thing that said Christine McPhee's dead. Oh, that's right. That's the woman from Sleep Country. How old would she be? She was a client of ours. That's right. She gave us money. And and by the way, that song, that Sleep Country song was one of uh, Fleetwood Mac's biggest hits. (laughs) (laughs) That's Um, no word of a lie. And then uh, upon... You know, further investigation, I put two and two together. Oh, did so you? Christine McGee is still alive. That's right. She's still alive. And uh, Sleep Country Canada. Why buy a mattress anywhere else? Yeah. Now, yeah. remember, though, like Dan and I, we were disc jockeys in the 1970s. So it would be make more sense. We would know the names of the, you know, at one time I could name a lot of members of bands because that's what I did for a living. But here's a few uh, songs that uh, Christine. Now you've got me. Is it? McVie. McVie, yeah. 
here's a couple of songs that uh, are famous in the band. She was one of the main songwriters. And some of these songs weren't as big a hits, but you'd know these songs uh, from just hearing them on the radio so much. You know, not one of their biggest, biggest hits, but definitely uh, something you would have, like you recognize that song. So that's one of them. Here's uh, another one. This is from uh, the album before uh, Rumors. You know this song? Yeah, I don't like it. Yeah, I'm not saying it's my favorite. I'm just saying these are some well, songs you recognize. Rumors one of the biggest uh, albums of all time? Yeah, but that this song I'm playing now is from the album just prior to Rumors. Rumors came out the year that I started in radio, 1977. And this is the... Uh, these are all Christine McVie songs. This is another one from Rumors. Uh, one of Fleetwood Mac's biggest songs that was written by Christine McVie. Do you remember this song? Yes. You Make Love and Fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was never inspired by this uh, band. No, me neither. I just wasn't. No. Like the other day I was down here doing some stuff and... Listening, I th- just a, a random playlist on, and, and the wait by the band comes on. I yeah. don't like that. I'm sorry, I don't like that song. I find it depressing. Yeah, I can't. Uh, I don't think there's a band song that I <clears throat> that would ever like come up again. We played them as disc jockeys yeah. in the seventies. Isn't that arguably one of the biggest songs of all time? The wait. No. No. Okay. No, I don't think so. I mean, it's definitely but, uh, one of their biggest songs. <clears throat> but when I hear that song, it's like, oh, my God. Like, <laughs> I like Robbie Robertson's songs better than I like oh, the yeah. band oh, songs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Here is uh, Christine McVie's uh, biggest song. Hang on. Where's, where's this playing to? I know. If I had a mouse, everything would be different. <laughs> uh, also from Rumors, again, a song that I... Uh, you know, played the shit out of. Yeah. But but at the time, this was the biggest al- album of all time. Just on, you know, the year before Frampton Comes Alive came out in 1976, and that was Dude. the biggest selling live album of all time at that point. And this was uh, a huge song from this album. And anyway, she passed away yesterday. I really like, like that a- song. What's that, Dan? I was just I really like that song because uh, I like the soundscape of it. That song everywhere. Which was it came from one of the later albums? Oh yeah, actually, like a yes. You know what, Daniel? Daniel, I've got that right. Yeah, you're yeah, right. Like it's got a, it's the beginning part here, with the little piano. The, yeah, it's piano at the beginning. But what you said there, Freddie, some of it just is sort of flat to me, like this song. Sure. It, it, part of it, and I'll tell you what it is: it's seventies, eighties production. Hmm. Yeah. Despite what you just said, Dan, like the productions vary of that time. You know. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, this is late, late eighties. Is this the one that goes ah? That's yeah, it's coming up right now. Yeah, <clears throat> that part's coming up. The ah ooh part's coming up. They're good. Th- those commercials are good. I think they capture a field. People just having a good time. In their yeah, life. this is the. Here we go. It, it's funny because my favorite. Fleetwood Mac song is that one that I think was covered 
by the Dixie Chicks. Or it's been covered. Landslide. Landslide. Oh, excellent. The deck. Oh, yeah. Now that's. It's one of those for me that I like their version more than the original. Yeah, but it's it's funny. And that's not a Christine McGee. It's not a. <laughs> McGee. It's not a Christine McVee song, but it's funny how it's. Uh, and this wasn't a big radio hit for Fleetwood Mac. I mean, I know it was a hit, but not like uh, what the Dixie Chicks did with it. But it's a great song. To my love. And that's uh, Stevie Nicks, who's a juice factory. I don't know what was going on with her nipples in the 70s, but she was... Uh... And I saw my reflection in snow-covered hills To the landslide brought me down yeah, it's just a great song. Yeah, I really like the Dixie. Often when I'm driving, I I'll listen to Dixie Chicks. I just or the Chicks now. Just amazing. Yeah, just love them so much. And I I took my daughter Melanie to a Dixie Chicks concert years ago. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Fantastic. Um, but again, pa- the, the passing of uh, Christine McVie made me reminisce yesterday or thought about that time in our lives, Dan, working in Moose Jaw at CHAB and didn't, you know, introducing songs and how it was so exciting. And, and it's funny because we've been doing this, ki- this kind of the style of our show for so long now. And recently, because, uh, because of EVNet, Fred and I have both been driving these electric vehicles and I have not switched my Sirius over to the car yet because I haven't got my permanent car. So I've been listening to a lot of Boom 97.3 in Toronto because it's on, it's programmed and then just having it on the background and I've been listening to May Potts and, and KJ in the afternoon and they're still introducing songs and speaking for 35 seconds in between songs and I thought, you know, I mean, there's something to be said for that. They're very, very good at it. Like May's amazing at it. I just don't know that I could do it. I don't know how you sit there oh, just after waiting doing for the- this. After doing this, that would be <laughs> yeah. very difficult. Uh, yeah, I was getting my hair cut yesterday and, uh, in the chair, and they had Boom on and Sweet May was part of the landscape. Yeah, she is very, very good. God. But you know what I mean? Like, as a guy, for me at least, you were doing sports all those years. <clears throat> Excuse me. I, You know, I basically introduced songs for a living for a long time, trying to be funny in between, and... When I was listening to KJ the other day do like a 12 second, you know, he, he the song ends and he talks for about 12 seconds up to the vocal. And I thought, man, like, what do you do? You just like think about it, Dan. We just sat there waiting for the song to end. That's one of the reasons I wanted to do mornings, because I, I got I got the the thing, the concept early that the morning guy got to speak for a little bit longer. Right. But remember the days when we were, you're talking about talking over the intro up to the uh, oh, yeah. beginning of the vocals. That was a game that we all used to play. We used to love it. At, at parties, we would, you know, hang out. And we <laughs> that's right. We're fucking nerds. Other. <laughs> yeah, that's why no one invited us to parties. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that used to annoy me a bit because, you know, some songs have just great beginnings, right? Instrumental beginnings. And a guy's fucking talking over it. It's like, shut up. I want to hear this. Yeah, but you grew up also in an era here in Toronto with some of the great, you know, rock DJs and Jungle Jay and Tom Rivers and all those guys, man. They were so good at it. And then FM became 
you know, rock radio in Toronto, probably before anywhere else. I could be wrong with that. You know, and the and the in sort of inclination to talk over talk up the vocals what wasn't there to the same degree. No, for sure. Here, uh, before we get the show started, here is here are the uh, chicks as they're now known because you know America turned on them. Stupid America. Here's landslide. Boom, ninety-seven three. I took my love and I took it down. It's a little slower tempo, right? Yeah. You know, they have a song called Cowboy Take Me Away. They have a song called what, sir? Cowboy Take Me Away. Cowboy Take Me. And I just love it. I crank it when it's in the car. I just fucking love that song. By the chicks, the Dixie chicks. Nice. Um, One other musical note, I must say. Uh, I finally listened to all two hours of Springsteen with uh, Stern. I didn't know, like, for for years, a Stern used to be quite public that he didn't care for Bruce Springsteen's music. Mm. Right? Yeah. And then went to see his Broadway play and changed his perspective. And to Springsteen's credit, all and he used to say some bad things about Springsteen and his music. Springsteen, you know, get over it and came on the show for those two hours. But what's his, what's his uh, wife's name? Patty... Uh, Scalfia, I think. Uh, she's a singer. Yeah, she's the one. Uh, his, uh, said, you know, Bruce said she's still pissed off. It's <laughs> I bet she is. Well, it's nothing to do with him. <laughs> That's thought, really funny. I would just be like Doll. I'd say, yeah. That's okay, Doll. No. What he said about you? Yeah. You don't want to cross Doll. That's funny, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Well, this, uh, this pre-show has gone on uh, long enough. Dan Duran has uh, stuff to do. As I mentioned, Dan's news will be coming up. Uh, Boone will check in, as he always does on Fridays. But let's finally get this thing going. It's actually, this is the Thursday. Oh, I'm sorry. What day is it? <laughs> Thursday. Okay. The day that is Thursday. All right. The day that is Friday tomorrow. Yeah, that, the day yeah. that is Friday. Not to be confused with the day that was also Tuesday. <laughs> This very interesting episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from the well-equipped Humble and Fred Studios in Trendy, Toronto, and from the base at uh, the Brampton basement where Fred used to store his outboard motor. And is brought to you by Bodog, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, GoDaddy, Aaron Ventures, EVNet.ca, and our new sponsor, Kelsey's, Canada's original roadhouse since 1978. And now, here are two men whose entire grumpy old men demeanor changes on the first day of December, casting off the grumpy and drinking in the beauty of fresh fallen snow, welcoming the warm seasonal wishes of others, and spreading joy and hope to the masses, just like Jesus did. Mm. It's Humble and Fred. Thank you, Dan. Uh, All right, we got, what's that? Jesus what? Jesus. Jesus. Uh, We're going to get to uh, a bunch of emails today. But first, let's uh, acknowledge these fine folks, Freddie P. Well, something to do on a Thursday night. I'm excited. The Buffalo Bills uh, at the New England Patriots. The Bills, a three-and-a-half-point pick. Uh, the money line, minus 185 for the Bills. The over-under, 43.5. I mentioned all those because, you know, when it comes to the NFL, people play all aspects, and uh, you can do that. 
at Bodog. Whether you're a sports better, a horse racing fan, a poker casino player, Bodog, your number one source of online gambling entertainment. From their industry-leading odds, world-class sportsbook, and feature-rich poker room to their fully loaded casino and race book, they've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994. That, ladies and gentlemen, is Bodog. Hey, and uh, if you're looking for a place to watch the game... Uh, watch how we tie these two clients together. Why not check out Kelsey's? They've been winging it since 1978. You can try their legendary chicken wings tonight while you're watching the Bills game. It's half price wings every Thursday, sauced and styled how you like them. And why not wash them down with a $6 cool, Coors $6, $6. Coors Light 16-ounce draft. What are you waiting for? Here's the deal. When you go there tonight, you can also enter to win one of over 500 prizes, including NFL jerseys, soccer jerseys, and more. The grand prize, hopefully we'll be watching the Bills in this game. The uh, VIP Super Bowl 57 experience. All you got to do is visit the Roadhouse to watch a sports game, get a ticket, and enter to win. This contest is on for a limited time, so head on over. Game night shouldn't be tame night, Fred. Grab your buds and visit Kelsey's today. If you want more information, visit Kelsey's.ca for more of that. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Quickly, um... On the subject of clients, I'm glad Christine McGee is not dead, because who knows? We may get her back. If she's dead, who do you contact, right? Mm. Well, I'm sh- okay, well, that's, thank you for that. Because, <laughs> sure. you know, okay, all right. I don't know who you'd contact. I'm sure there's somebody else, though, Regis. Oh, you go right to the top of Hey, uh, by the way, before we get into uh, the emails today, I wanted to point out something, because it comes up quite a bit. And I, I like to think that people who listen to our program uh, know everything about us and have listened to every show and everyone's a hundy P, but, you know, chances are they're not. So I was just thinking the other day, actually, I was sorry, I was thinking the other day this and then I forgot, <laughs> I forgot it. And then I reminded myself today going through the emails, like there's some terms that come up in, in these emails, one in particular, that I wonder if people know why people are saying it. And that term is stay strong. Mm-hmm. Do you remember where that came from? Yeah, you said it to... To Rob, Rob Ford. Ford or something. That's right. right. Yeah. Rob and Ford, yeah. So I, I just quickly, I was in a mall. I happened to run into a former Mayor Ford. At the time, he was going through chemotherapy. And I didn't, we'd met a few times. We'd had him on the show. I'd had him on the show at another station. And I kind of ran into him. And it was one of those awkward moments where I didn't know what to say to him. So at the end of the conversation, I said, well, Mayor Ford, stay strong. <laughs> and, uh, it just comes up quite a bit in emails, a few of them today. But I just wanted to put that primer out for new Humble and Fred listeners. All right, Hi let's guys. get started. Hi, uh, Freddie, let's start with, uh, this is pretty interesting, the weekly rundown from someone, our, our good friend who contributes all the time, Bob Orr. 
Yeah, uh, he says, good evening, fellas. I guess he wrote this during the evening. Uh, glad to hear that Humble's uh, safely back home, recuperating. Glad to hear that Fred has his winter itinerary all set. Sorry, Humble. Mm. And Dan, keep enjoying the couch surfing. He said, just thought I'd pass along my weekly itinerary. Monday to Thursday, Humble and Fred, obviously. Friday, Jeff and Julie moved to France in the middle of a global pandemic. Okay. Saturday, fly on the wall. I like the impressions and memories. I don't know what he's referring to there. That's uh, Dana Carvey and uh, David Spade. Okay. Sunday, when I don't have to focus so hard, smartless and swing thoughts. Keep her going, guys. Long-time listener. Loving you. That's very nice. And Hi you know guys. what, Bob? Hi when I read guys. that this morning, I think, hmm, maybe there'd be a new podcast you might be interested in. Hmm. Hi, guys. Coming soon. Hi, guys, says Eric Voice. Arrhythmia follow-up slash beta blockers. First of all, uh, thank you for reading my email last week, Fred. Uh, that was really cool. As a longtime fan, I felt sort of special. I admit it was a little concerned my message was too long and you wouldn't read it on the air. I'll try and make this one a bit shorter. He uh, goes on to uh, talk. I'm just going to summarize it. Humble was discussing the gastrointestinal side effects. Well, I, I shared that with you in private, but you had to bring it up on the show. Uh, that I was having some side effects from taking the beta blockers. Anyway, he goes on to give me some uh, great advice about a drug that I've, I'm going to write down as one of my questions to ask the doctor tomorrow. And uh, again, I'm just summing up. Sum- summarizing, uh, he lives in Arizona and says, Sincerely, Eric in Arizona. P.S. Props to Fred for the proper French pronunciation of my last name. Sadly, it's pronounced phon- phonetically like voice. Here in the States. And we pronounced it voise, I guess. Voise. Voise. All right. Well, thank you for that great uh, email, Eric, and uh, appreciate the advice. Hi, guys. Hi, Hi guys. guys. Uh, Hi not guys. really a name here, Howard. NTM. Do you know this? That's and Brother Bill. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. Hi, girl. Oh, Brother Bill. Good to hear from him. Uh, heard your monthly conversation with Tony. Tony, uh, Tony mentioned the DTES downtown east side in Vancouver. He mentioned not supporting safe injection sites. A couple of quick points from a West Coast perspective. A, until we legalize all drugs, you can bark all you want and pour resources and funds at the problem. But sadly, nothing will change. In my humble opinion, as a recovering addict, at the end of the day, the addict needs to look in the mirror and make the change at least make the effort c mental health remember riverview since it's closing in 2012 the streets of downtown van have become an apocalypse of zombies and ex-patients who have nowhere else to go howard the dtes you remember has grown exponentially and it's fucking sad to see brother bill neal yeah bill neal yeah and and i i had just mentioned that uh, at the end of the conversation after tony that i had lived in vancouver and i spent some time at gastown and that east hastings area was as it was always a, a rough neighborhood but i don't, i loved his description i loved it it's an interesting description of uh, an apocalypse of zombies and ex-patients but you know there was definitely some pushback to the whole you know we need to find some other solution, but in the meantime, let's not shut these places down. Hi, guys. Hi yeah, I know. Guys. It's a tough one. Hi, um, you know, and it can be very political as well, as we found out yesterday. And uh, I don't know. It's got to be two-tiered. you got to maybe supply the drugs, but at the, at the same time, work on... 
prevention, and it's a tough one. Uh, this one uh, continues the theme. Our friend from the, the two friends back to back from the West Coast, our buddy Mike Hannafin, who joined us last week. He says, uh, "Hi, gents. Good segment with Tony Clement. Thanks for challenging him on the obvious generalities in his defense of PP and uh, his hokey video from Vancouver." Anyway, he goes on to talk more about safe injections, uh, similar to what uh, Bill said. He says he's right. Problems do need to be addressed. And Fred mentioned there can be other ways to improve the lives of the people. The downtown east side of Vancouver is a disaster zone. Now, it's come up again. I mentioned it from 30 years ago. These guys are living it now. Mm -hmm. So clearly something needs to be done. It's always been a a very difficult section of town Mm -hmm. and continues to be. I'm summarizing a lot of what Mike said. He says, uh, that's where we're at. God, love you guys. Glad Howard is feeling better. And uh, thanks, Mike, for your kind words and nice note. Next one. Keith Weiland, who's become a bit of a comic these days. Have you noticed, Howard? (laughs) Well, I love that his subject matter is fitting in with our theme. It's his subject line was shitting on airplanes. Hey, guys, you guys are well-traveled. Have any of you ever had to go boom-boom on an airplane? (laughs) I've never done it, but uh, it's always one of my fears before traveling. You know, having to go mid-flight. The longest I've ever flown is six hours, so I've always been able to hold off. But yesterday's talk of going to Australia, New Zealand, uh, got me to thinking that uh, that's something you simply cannot dodge. Fellas, your thoughts? Um... I, I, you know, that's a great question. I've flown a lot, not just recently, but for a, a good time there in the middle eighties, I flew uh 25-ish weeks a year traveling around doing my thing. And uh, I tend not to, mainly because it's a cramped space. How about you? I, I Listen, I flew tra- uh, to Paris and back in the last month and never had to. What about you? Uh, yeah, it's not something I do frequently, but something I have done. I think flying from Italy or whatever, nine hours, I think, yeah, I got to go, and I don't really think much about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I have. Had When you had your, I can't remember if I was going to say prostate, but bladder, mm-hmm. prostate, frequent urination, mm-hmm. had you ever, did you have that issue on a plane? Oh, sure. It doesn't go away. It doesn't know you're on a plane. No, no. I meant where you had to go frequently. Sure. And get up every, you know, a few minutes and go. The idea would be that uh, watch your uh, liquid intake before the flight, which I would do. But a couple of times, you know, you get to the airport and you're in a good mood. Hey, let's have a couple of beers before we hop on the plane, you know, and part of the experience. And then, yeah, get up and uh, but not anymore, man. And go a long time without a squirt. I came back from uh, Mexico City last Saturday. I went to the washroom like three times in four and a half hours. But I was drinking a lot of water and I was drinking a lot of juice. And But uh, thanks for that question, Keith, you knucklehead. Hi, guys. Uh, this Hi one comes guys. from Martin Lai. He says, uh, should a man... Oh, this is a comment. I'm not sure where he got it from, but this this was in reference to Trump having a dinner with a this. By the way, again, I said this yesterday. Go check out this Nick Fuentes guy. He's literally a fan of Putin, hates Jews, hates blacks, hates minorities. It's quite something. And uh, this comment from Martin, should a man with a little should a man with little control of his dinner table be in charge of anything? 
He also mentions that Kevin Nealon, formerly of Saturday Night Live, very funny guy, has a podcast called Hiking with Kevin. And in reference to me being such a Sandler fan, says, and Sandler is his buddy. Thanks, Martin. Live. Appreciate it. Hi, Um, guys. Hi, guys. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I I apologize for clicking to the point of the subject matter. It's almost impossible that Trump didn't know who that guy was. Like you pointed that out yesterday. Yeah. Yes. Which to me displays the sickness. I mean, something as simple as this dinner now displays how disgusting the Republican, the GOP is down there right now. It's still some guys have come out and criticized him for it, but still those sidestepping it, not wanting to address it because they're just in the back of their mind. They think, you know, Donald still might be our guy into the next election. So I, I'm really going to watch what I say. Talk about being spineless and selfish jellyfish and no integrity. You know, and it's like Ted Cruz, Kevin McCarthy, you know, the usual suspect. These excuses for human beings that yeah. people are going to vote for. And the reason I, I popped in with selfish is because yeah. it's self-interest. And why I say that is because yeah. if they, they know, based on what you just said, and I totally agree, mm-hmm. but, but the sort of add-on to that is if anything was to affect their ability to raise funds, they don't want to have any part of it. Yeah. And that's why you think, well, a logic would tell you, okay, once at some point they've got to distance themselves from him. What behavior would the guy have to be dressed as a fucking Nazi? Would that do it? So what behavior disgusting or otherwise? Well, they don't they they have to raise money every day and anything that gets in the way of that. Mm -hmm. They don't want to have any part of it. But, I, you know, you know, as the father of a 40-year-old now and whatever these guys, I know they tend to be older, but, you know, up-and-coming politicians. Like, what if you're Kevin McCarthy's dad? What do you think? Do you think the same way? Or are you thinking, I'm totally embarrassed by my son, mm-hmm. but his career, I can't say anything. I, I often bring it down to that level. And, my God, or his kids. His kids. That's what I was going to say. What is it? What is Kevin McCarthy or... You know, Ted Cruz's kids think of him, not not denouncing this. So if Kevin McCarthy has a bright young son, 22, 23, who is aware of the world, like, what does he think of his dad? It's funny you never hear about them. Oh, man. It's just, anyway, your your mind runs wild with that stuff, but. Okay. Hi, guys. Good points all around. Uh, This is from Lucy LaJoie, I think, LaJoie, L-A-J-O-I-E. You know what? Another great name, Lucy. I love that. Yeah, by the way, speaking of names, I just uh, got a text from Edmonton, Steve. We were talking about the uh, most popular boy's name, and it was Noah. And Steve, I love you so much, but I forgot that one of your grandson's names was Noah. His other grandson, by the way, great name, Ewan, which I think is cool. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, so there you have it. The number one is Steve. His uh, his grandkids got the, uh, the number one spot. Okay. Okay, uh, Lucy says, I guess this is directed at you. Your hospital stay in Mexico, Howard. I had a hospital stay for 36 hours in Florida last year in a great care. 
and when I was there because um, I had the insurance. The hard part was back home trying to get this insurance company to pay the $30,000 it cost. You often hear about this, obviously, and you don't get this problem with the chamber plan. Mm -hmm. So she's down there. They said, okay, you're good to go. They did all the care. They were fantastic with her. But I guess she had to pay up front. Uh, to be reimbursed, that's a lot of money. I had no existing conditions and uh, was on no meds. It took seven months for them to pay uh, with your pre-existing heart condition. How did you manage for the insurance to cover you in Mexico? My husband has prostate cancer, and we are having a heck of a time getting insurance. Glad you are well. Well, I'll answer that. I answered it. I think I wrote her back. I'm not sure. But I, I, I said... Uh, I didn't have a pre pre-existing condition. I had something that happened and I got it fixed. I don't have it's hard sometimes for people to get their heads around the fact that, you know, someone like, you know, has heart disease, they've got a uh, you know, they've had to have some kind of intervention for their arteries or whatever. I never had to have that. I had an electrical problem, it was fixed. I mean, it's come back now. But uh I've, you know, it's funny. I've never, we've never been asked with the chamber plan and the travel insurance, uh, any of those questions. And, and in my case, I don't have a pre-existing condition. Well, that's the difference here. I assume they're trying to get individual insurance, which right. is tougher. We're group insurance. So there's a whole different take and perspective on it and how you fall into certain slots and, uh, yeah, it's just different because ours is a group insurance. And which is why it's such mm-hmm. a, you know, if, you know, we've been talking about the chamber plan for a long mm-hmm. time. You know, it saved me in Phoenix, Lucy. It saved me 190, I always forget the figure, 193 or 198, but close to $200,000. I never got a bill because upon, just like in Mexico, upon being admitted, I alerted the people in Montreal who uh, run the chamber plan medical section, and right. I never had to worry. They they followed up with me. Uh, the insurer did. The medical team followed up with me. I mean, if there's ever, we've done this before, but if there was ever a better, I'd, uh, whatever, advertisement or whatever for the chamber plan, this is it. Mm-hmm. Yes, I yeah, and I understand that because when you're you know going on a trip and you're just buying that individual insurance for the trip, it can be dicey. And you know, a lot of insurance companies, you know, deny and work backwards. That's their philosophy. So yeah, when you're and when you understand because most people do that thing when they go get travel insurance from Blue mm-hmm. Cross or something, as you say, uh, uh, like for that trip. I don't know if I could, I've never really thought about it because I've had the chamber plan now for so long. I wonder if I went to apply for it, they'd ask, have you had a surgery in the last so-and-so years? And maybe I would be denied. I don't know. You know, I don't know. But it's just different. All right, let's move on. This one uh, comes to us from Jim, the aging safe guy, Fred. Okay, it's good news that Humble was returned home without further incident, but it does make me wonder if your buddy Bill Hertz will be mentioned anymore. Because it makes me smile and chuckle when I hear that name and wonder. Is Bill originally from Beaton? Uh, Beaton, Ontario? And if so, would he have a brother named Richard who goes by Dick? This is just another way you guys amuse without even knowing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. (laughs) 
Dick Maybe hurts. Aging safe guy. Mm. <laughs> Dick hurts. Dick hurts from beaten. All right, yeah. Jimmy. Thanks, Remember brother. That? Hi, guys. Remember uh, Scruff who used to do that whole bit with beaten meats. Apparently, there was a there's an actual place called Beaten Meats. <laughs> Scruff used to have a lot of fun with that. Oh yeah. And uh, remember this thing? Hey, do you want to hurt Stonut? And you'd go, what? Do you want to hurt Stonut? Okay. And the guy would punch and go, hurt Stonut. <laughs> I, I don't remember that. How it's Scabro. Oh, I love that shit. Hi, uh, this is from uh, YYZ Gord. Uh, he says, Howard, I don't care or expect you to read on the air, but I wanted to share at the risk of being too long. Yeah, I'll uh, sum it up. He says, I agree with you completely on Chappelle. Your dialogue on hate crimes caused me to look at the official stats on hate crimes in Canada. And he comes back uh, that again, showing that, you know, Jews are the target of uh, more than any other ethnic minority. He says, I agree. The stats show that anti-Semitism is a serious plague that needs to be fought head on. Goes on to talk about that. Uh... A throwaway Eskimo joke as you tick off real anti-Semitism dialogue doesn't help. And that was your little bit there. I uh, encourage everyone to visit Equalit. Am I saying that right? Equalit? You'll find a pretty sophisticated town with a diverse population from all over the place. Stay strong. See? Stay strong, says Gord. Mm-hmm. Am I saying that name right? Equalit? Equalit. Equalit, yeah. Anyway, I appreciate it. And by the way, I went through a bunch of the emails from last week that we didn't get to. And I just thought, you know, we've kind of talked quite a bit about it. And I'll let it rest for a while until it you know, rears its ridiculous head in the future. But mm-hmm. I appreciated everyone who had uh, weighed in. Uh, speaking of comedy, Keith Wyland. Is it more, is it <laughs> more comedy from Keith. Hi, guys. Hi guys. Hi guys. Uh, hey Fred, you've mentioned a few times on the show lately that your nails have been growing faster than they usually do for some reason. It's funny you say that because I too have been experiencing the exact same thing myself. It's a weekly thing for me now and it's strange. There's only one logical explanation for this. And it's got to be the vaccine. (laughs) (laughs) The convoy people were right about this thing. (laughs) Keith, uh, sure, buddy. Yeah. But whatever it is, it's... it's a thing. I'm telling you, it's a thing. Look at me today. I, I when yeah. I read it, I'm like, you know what? I've noticed that too. And I guess I don't know. Is it an older person thing? They're, you know, they say the two things that keep growing your entire lives are your nose and your ears. And the thing is, they say even after you're dead, your nails um, grow. Really? Um, yeah. Even after you die, your nails grow, and. Uh, Maybe, you know, as you get older, you know, your body's going, hey, man, you're getting closer to death. I got to get those nails. <laughs> got to get those nails out. Well, and given my heritage, I can ill afford my nose to keep growing. There you go. Hey. This comes from uh, Christine uh, Cameron. Hi, guys. She says, I love your show. Love you guys. Howard Sawyer, your Mexico stay was cut short, but happy you're okay. Freddie P., uh, are you surprised that Pearson... This came up the other day. Is having an issue because I waited two hours to get my bags like a lot of people. Uh, all workers who are paid shit wage at Pearson said, fuck this, as they should. Baggage handlers make, on average, 
$15 an hour. I did not know that. Not a living wage in the GTA. We who are privileged, as in people who can afford to fly, need to just be patient. I don't think it's going to change until companies start. And she says, and by the way, paying a living wage. P.S. This is not communism. Lots of love, Christine. And I got to say, I totally agree with Christine. You know, I don't know, Dan or you or somebody said, you know, they only had five baggage handlers on site uh, down offloading all those planes. Whatever it is, it ain't enough. And if that is the case, you know, it's just not enough money. Because that's a shitty job. I know, but I but the thing is, I don't agree with you. You know, you've got to be patient. No, that's a service that I'm paying for. So if part of that getting the proper service is paying wages higher for baggage handlers, then so be it. Yeah, I will continue to be impatient. Impatient with the powers that be that aren't right. doing what they have to I, I, to deliver the better service. Yeah, she's saying being patient with the situation right now because the people that are being paid 15 bucks an hour, it ain't their fault. Oh, you're right. It's the people that hired them and thinking they can get away with $15 an hour. But, you know, since COVID, there's been a real... Listen, there's people working at Amazon for the same money with no company benefits. I, you know, the point I made the other day, I, I believe if you work for Air Canada, you know, there's pretty good company benefits and a pension set up and everything, even though the hourly wage isn't the highest. You would think that people would gravitate towards that, you know, around minimum wage than other minimum wage jobs that don't come with benefits. That was sort of the point I was I was making. Easy for me to say because I'm not living it. But whatever it takes, man, it's got to be done. You know, it's yeah, I uh, do. it's just unacceptable. Especially at an airport as we pointed out yesterday. It's the busiest airport in Canada and you reminded me it's one of the busiest in the world. Yeah. And you know, I got off uh, the plane in Mexico City with a golf bag, a giant suitcase, because I had to bring a bunch of the, the equipment that we use for this show, and carry on. And I was out of that. I, I'd forgotten about it till now. Like, we got our bags within, I'd say, a half an hour, max. I was on my way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you're right. That's who we should be pissed at. Whoever's in, whether it's Air Canada or the airport authority, whatever it is. They can't have that few people on a Sunday night at the end of uh, Thanksgiving in the States and people coming back from holiday. You know, in COVID, another perspective on COVID, during COVID, when people got CERB or whatever the programs were that replaced their income, a lot of them came to the realization that I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm not going to. I just came through several months where the the government compensated me for my wage to do, you know, to stay at home. And now I got to go back and do that horrible job for the same amount of money. It's like, I'm not doing it. I'm I'm looking for something else. And it's changed people's attitudes towards those menial jobs. You know, I read something this morning about inflation. I think it was in the UK, but it might have been here too. But but I, I think it was the UK. But inflation dropped for the first time in 17 months. Mm -hmm. But what people, I think, fail to realize is during this time of inflation, unemployment has been very low. Mm -hmm. Unemployment in the States and Canada hasn't, it's not like it's gone along with the same rise in inflation. It's low because people don't want these jobs. Mm -hmm. 
You know, there's, there's a term for that, that people that are unemployed but aren't looking to. Yes. That's they're out there and not part of the numbers because you don't know. Right. Well, whatever it was the other night at Pearson and wherever we got that from, that there should have been, you know, four or five or six times the number of baggage handlers. You know, as Christine says, those of us that are privileged, meaning we're the ones flying in and out of Mexico, coming home and waiting two hours for our bags. You know, we probably shouldn't blame the baggage handlers. No, Um, Let's move on to this next one because we got a few minutes to we got to get to uh, Dan's news in about 10 minutes. Let's not mention let's respect Tom's privacy. But he did. uh, He's kidding here, Howard. Is he? That's a takeoff on Darren. No, I know it is, but I thought he was being serious. All right, no. well then, fucking say it. Hi guys. I, don't I don't care. Think so I think he was Hi kidding. Guys. All right. Hi well guys. then, next you- Paris. Okay, next Paris trip. If you don't go to an Airbnb, take a look at Hotel Montparnasse Saint Germain. 175 euro a night, clean, three star, right next to the train and subway stations. Easy 30 minute walk to the Louvre. And uh, other sites, also 15-minute train to Versailles. Is that how you say that? Versailles. Versailles, right. Is right there. Uh, Don't share on any of your podcasts. No need to advertise. Again, I think. Okay. Well, good. Mm -hmm. Well, you know me. I don't understand comedy. And if he wasn't, sorry, Tom. I don't think there's going to be a rush to that hotel. Yeah, okay. Uh, This subject, uh, COVID heart. Greetings, Freddie P. and the doc. Uh, This is from Chris Willis. He um, had the same surgery I did. I found out he needed an ablation surgery, but the waiting list was long. Uh, In August, uh, my son brought COVID home from a concert here in Toronto And he said, my COVID symptoms were mild, but it seems to have affected my heart. As I got up in the middle of the night for a drink of water, the next thing I remember, I was in an ambulance on my way to emergency, spent four days there to make sure my head was okay. And, uh, but I, but, but the good news is I got bumped up on the ablation schedule, which is good news because he's needed one for a couple years it's now three weeks since my surgery and while still early days the heart seems to be behaving and i appreciate him saying this because i did look this up he says i had because i had covid when i was in france and a lot of people pointed this out to me and i and i researched it that having covid in a pre-existing condition like a arrhythmia or regular heart rhythm he says maybe covid has done you a favor and brought to light that you need a little tune-up and uh, I agree with him. He finishes by saying, anyways, stay strong. God bless. Longtime listener. First time ablation recipient, Chris Willis. Yeah, that's one of the things I'm going to be talking to that doctor tomorrow. As long as I can keep him, you know, you never know how long you're going to have with these guys. But I, there's a few theories that have been floated. One is the elevation. The other is dehydration. And the other is I had COVID and it might have been a factor in triggering this in me well that blows and hopefully it didn't make it worse but as he says maybe i was ready for a tune-up or maybe this was going to come to light but this is my favorite part of the chris willis email (laughs) he finishes by saying a not what he's so everything we just said here's how he summed it up Heart no beat good. Wait long time for fix. Oh, look, COVID. Free ride to hospital. Me better now. <laughs> and, uh, 
Uh, no one's done that before, but we appreciate it. And thanks for your uh, well wishes and your kind Hi notes. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. This is Neil Brown. I know the first one was long and probably idiotic at times, but all I was trying to do was postulate why people still treat anti-Semitism as no big deal. He's referring to a previous email that went on and on and on. I think we referred to it as a book. Yes, it was quite long. Uh, I was wondering if it is similar to why the Dunderheads still think Trump is a genius or that global warming isn't real. That the foundation of the facts is so different that the color of the sky in their world is different. I was trying to point out, not very eloquently, that maybe they don't see the difference between being Jewish and Judaism. Thanks, and still loving the show. You can respond. No, I said that. I've already did. I, earlier in the week, I said people don't realize that okay. it's not only a religion, but it's also <clears throat> culture in that you're born into it with no choice. Well, you do. I, you, I chose not to be part of the religion, but I have no choice about what I was born into, and that's all I, I have to say about that. Hi, guys. I don't have anything. I mean, I've said everything I can at this point. I mean, I'll have more to say at some point. Uh, this is uh, his subject line, short and sweet, from Stephanie Dita. She says, Dear Howard, stay strong. Thank you. Or stay strong. The next one is the uh, subject line. Thank you, uh, Stephanie Dita, or Dita. You're very nice and appreciate your, uh, your note. Hi, guys. Darren Platakis. And by the way, that's the subject line. He's thanking us. Mm-hmm. By the way, another thing, do you, you know how I organize these? I, maybe I should make it more obvious what the subject line is. But when I cut and paste them, right. this, is the, this is how they come out. So. Thank you is the subject line. Yes. Darren Platakis is the writer. Ooh, a number of your shows recently have uh, been health-related, and I wanted you to know how you've impacted how I view men's health and mine personally. Howard's heart issue in Arizona made me think about getting mine checked. All clear. Had the colonoscopy after a reminder from you guys. Next up, prostate in December. Like it's a date, laugh out loud. <laughs> uh, you've talked about diet, which gave me pause to think how I eat and other items that uh, uh, a guy born in 69 uh, needs to know. Uh, Howard, Fred, Dan, collectively, you are that friendly reminder to get all that shit checked out. So instead of talking about the usual stuff, Groundhog Day, etc., every year, remind us, guys, uh, what Zoomers should routine, uh, routinely do. Do it after the weather discussions. <laughs> uh, loving Dan and Julie's podcast, too, he means Jeff, uh, learning an incredible amount, and as a geographer trying to decipher their valley as they describe their travels. Interesting. Cheers. Yeah. Darren. Yeah, I've got a quite a few mentions of Jeff and Julie's podcast, and we appreciate that. It's part of the Humble and Fred family. Hi. Yeah, it seems podcasts that talk about different parts of the world and experiencing um, where we live. And where we don't live are interesting. We should think about that. Well, you know, you're right. I mean, people are fascinated, especially in our age group, <laughs> in our in our age group about, you know, being well, able to you, travel with some, you know, as you age. Well, when you finally have the, the time and the means and yes. the energy, yeah, well. uh, <laughs> some tips on where you might want to go. What? No, I just think, you, seriously, it's a timely subject, and we might explore it. Hi, guys. <laughs> Hi, guys. Hi, guys.
the subject line is baseball bat from our friend Rod Fitchett. Hey, Freddie, he says, if you're still looking for a baseball bat, look up Sam Bat. They are made in Canada and have a great backstory. Signed, Rod Fitchett. Good call, Rod. Don't know if Fred's uh, checked it out yet. I will do that. Mm-hmm. But good information as always. Hi, guys. Uh, this Hi subject guys. line. Freddie, I can't remember if we read this last week. Oh, New no, listener? I, I, know, uh, I, know we, I know we didn't because it came in after no, no. we were finished. That was another um, reference to uh, Derringer. Okay, this but this is, is this from is uh, new one. This is from Jennifer Burton. Yes, just wanted to let you know how much I am loving your show. I used to listen a bit back in the CFNY days, then somehow found you when the Don, uh, John uh, Derringer gong show happened in May, and I have been listening ever since. The three of you, Dan included, make me laugh out loud all the time and make the long hockey game commutes with the kids something to look forward to. Get well soon, Howard. Jennifer Burton. That's sweet. For a lot of reasons. Thanks, Jennifer. I appreciate your... Uh Kind thoughts and well wishes. But also to think that in our 12th year of doing this, that there are still people discovering, coming on board. I know that our friend Bill Hertz, you know, got us a, a bunch of new listeners in San Miguel. I told you about this guy. Jim Williams is his name. I, I checked with Billy last night. I want to make sure I got his name right. Um. You know, I'll just see. I don't know what did I want to. What I want to say. I just feel very. I uh, feel good about it. It's very gratifying to know that. You know, a show like this. Uh, it's not just a bunch of old listeners from. Which is great, by the way. Not old. Not that we don't love old listeners, but you know that somebody might you know stumble upon it and you know find it somewhat you know interesting. And Howard, the future is bright. Podcasts becoming more and more accessible. I mean, just so easily at hand now, and popular. And part of the vernacular. So it's it's all good. The future is bright. This is not a sunset business. No, a very good point. And a uh, great uh, job using vernacular, Mr. Uh, mm-hmm. It must be all that stuff, you're, all that wordle you're doing. Yes, it is. <laughs> Hi, guys. Uh, final one. Uh, the subject Hi, line, a quick end to the Mexico trip from our friend Dave Powery says, Hi, guys. Just finished the Thursday show. That's last Thursday show. It's too bad you have to come home early, but it's likely for the best. Safe travels, Dave. So there you go. Beautiful. That's <laughs> just a, you said it's all that wordle I'm playing. Reference back to uh, the Stern interview with Bruce Springsteen. Very humble guy. And Stern's all over him now trying to, you know, sort of make up with him. And saying how brilliant he is, and he's a poet, and he's asking him all these questions. And then Springsteen, at one point, said, hey, hey, listen, a lot of these songs, I used a rhyming dictionary, just so you know. That's right. I heard that. That was a great clip. <laughs> that was great. Uh, thank you to everyone who uh, reaches out to us, and especially all the kind uh, thoughts and prayers. Stay strongs for uh, my little heart condition. Uh, Humble and Fred at humbleandfredradio.com. Feel free to email us. And uh, as you've heard now, if you're new, we do this every Thursday, trying to unpack the week's subject matters. Uh, We'll get to Dan's news. Also, Boone will check in. We'll try and figure out what's happening next week. But first, let's uh, talk about these fine folks. Well, uh, again, on the heels of all that heart talk in your situation, a reminder that uh, 
you know, if you're in a position to become part of a group insurance plan uh, with your small business, the chamber plan is the way to go. Uh, it was displayed here during the emails, the problems you can have when you buy it individually. You know, if your workers have to do that, the problems they can uh, encounter, well, with uh, group insurance like uh, the chamber plan, no problem, kids. Uh, whether it's prescriptions of dental and the travel that we've talked about a lot lately, the Chamber Plan is Canada's number one group benefits plan for small business. Uh, get a uh, quote today. Go to chamberplan.ca. It's all there. You put in all your information. You'll find out what it's going to cost you, cost you, and you'll be pleasantly surprised. And note that they have done a great job on keeping premiums down over the past few years, even through COVID, when things have been you know, spinning out of control in so many ways. Chamberplan.ca. And uh, special, like, we've been mentioning this company, but I'm not sure, 100% sure people are are going to check out the... The company, the mining company that is now sponsoring our program, AaronVentures.com. They're an emerging international junior mining and exploration company engaged in the acquisition, exploration, and development of resource properties. They've got uh, concerns around the world. Their strategy is to uncover and capitalize on unique development opportunities within Canada's and Canada and various regions internationally. Their objective is to increase its mineral reserves by developing current properties and through the acquisition of additional mining projects. You might want to find out more about this company. Maybe talk to your broker. Maybe talk to the uh, Sherpa. But including them in your portfolio, as Aaron Ventures is uh, one of their big projects, is the mining of boron. I won't bore you or go on more about boron, but it's a fascinating uh, mineral and Aaron Ventures is leading the way. Check out AaronVentures.com. That's how Trump is uh, successful, eh? He, he goes mining for morons. <laughs> He's in moron mining. Yeah. Oh, you're very funny today. You're a very funny man. Hey, by the Sometimes way, it happens. You do it. Uh, I just funny because you're a sports guy. I wrote him because when you were doing the Bodog thing, I because mm-hmm. I knew I would forget because there's a lot going on. I'm going to watch some golf in the early afternoon. And then I had to write down bills on my hand because I want to watch that game tonight. Because that'll give me a nice couple hours. You know, it's a nice window. Mm-hmm. But I said to you before the show, I said, hey, there was a great, you know, Canadian sports story yesterday. And um, you were like, oh, it's got something to do with golf. Well, you're right. Um. For a myriad reasons, uh, yesterday the President's Cup Committee announced a captain for the next President's Cup, which will be held at Royal Montreal Golf Course in Canada uh, for the second time in the President's Cup's 25-ish history. And the captain was named for the team, and that person is Michael Weir of Sarnia, Ontario. And I was thrilled. It was no secret that if... I think for the last couple of months, he's been a co-captain on several teams the last few years. And I just thought it was kind of a cool thing that our, you know, years ago, there was a, do you not think that's cool? Oh, absolutely. I just, I'm sitting back because I know how much it means to you. So I just want to hear what you have to say. Well, just years ago, I think when they played it there the first time and Weir was fresh off winning the Masters, this would have been like, I don't know, 2007, something in that area. And they played it at this course in Montreal. And on they do, like, different matches. They do team matches. But on Sunday, uh, 
whether it's the President's Cup or the Ryder Cup, it's singles. It's mano a mano, and Weir went up against Tiger Woods, and he fucking beat him. And mm-hmm. it was one of the, you know, it's weird for me because I'm such a Tiger fan, but I love Mike Weir. And in front of, you know, in front of a hometown crowd, Mike Weir beats the, the best golfer of all time. And you know what I loved about it is that Tiger was almost happy for him. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like you could see at the end of the match that Tiger was, yeah, he pissed that he lost. And, he, and it was a narrow margin. It might have been like by a couple of holes. Very, very close. But I always right. loved that about Tiger, that he was a good loser. That he wasn't, uh, he wasn't a spoiled baby, and he knew what it meant to Mike Weir to beat Tiger Woods in Canada. So I was really happy to hear that Mike Weir was going to be the President's Cup captain. That will happen, uh, I guess, in a couple of years. That's fantastic. I yeah. love that. Uh, let me mention a couple of sports stories. Last night, local sports sort of history. Mitch Marner, Marner extends his... Uh, consecutive point streak to 18 games he's now tied with a couple of other maple leafs really saturday night in uh, tampa he can break the leaf record if he makes it 19 which was interesting last night it got down to the final minute and he scored into an empty net it was that close to having the streak end um one other thing i want to mention too because over the years you know when i was a young sportscaster in the 80s um, you know, I haven't talked about the different athletes and, you know, their demeanor. And I found baseball players to be pricks often, just dickheads. That was my experience compared to CFL players or hockey players. But back in the 80s, the Leafs are uh, the Jays were playing the Yankees once. And uh, it was 84, 85. And I'm a young sportscaster and I've got my tape machine down there. And I'm nervous because baseball players are assholes. But I had to get some tape. Um, from the New York Yankees to take back to the radio station. And Don Mattingly had sort of exploded onto the scene as a rookie. He was in his sophomore year or whatever, second, third year, and just a great player. And I was very intimidated by his presence. And I went up to him with the uh, uh, the tape machine, and I said, uh, Don, can I ask you a few questions? He said, absolutely. And I thought, What? And then I asked him a couple of questions, and he gave me great answers. And when I appeared to be done, he said, is that all, Is that all, buddy? Do you need anything more from me? And I said, no, thank you very much. And I walked away, and that was, that was such an impression on me, what? Yeah. 40 years later or whatever. And then yesterday, he was named bench coach of the Toronto Blue Jays, which he'll work with John Schneider, the manager, next year. Uh, he'll be in Toronto as a bench coach, and... Uh, I got this warm and fuzzy feeling when that uh, announcement was made, just from that one incident. Back Isn't that in the cool? When he, you know, because I was in my 20s, he took the time to give me the time uh, that meant so much to me. And uh, I'm just, I'm thrilled that he's going to be a member of the Jays. I think that's a fan. Look at all the warm and fuzzies in those last couple of stories. That's great. Yeah. We got mm-hmm. Weir, Marner, and Mattingly. And when you think about sports or sports betting, think about these people. Cursing during your commute again. Do you find yourself living at work instead of working from home? Couldn't this have been an email? When it feels like all that's left is work hard, you know it's time to play. It's easy to find your next favorite game at Bodog.net. Play free casino games, get poker tips, and check out the latest sports odds. Visit Bodog.net today. Hashtag make a play.
And uh, just quickly before we get to Dan's news, I uh, just opened up my email because I had a bunch of different screens open. And uh, hi guys, it wouldn't be hi Thursday guys. without acknowledging one of our uh, most recent contributors, Jennifer Kelly, who uh, didn't get around to doing a, a voice uh, note. She says, "But I got a couple things to say." Uh, still finishing yesterday's pod. Oh, my God. Fine. I understand Tony Clement is smart, but for him to say people are skeptical of PP because he is inexperienced, I almost stopped listening. Like I understand, like I understand you guys like Tony Clement, and he's a very bright man, but it was all too much on the pod yesterday. Ugh, couldn't handle him. I'm so fumbling over my words and frustrated right now. That's fine. A lot of people were. And then the Sherpa's voice came on. And he is so calming, made it all better. Finally, she says, brag all you want about going away to escape winter with a little smiling face, signed Jen. Which, by the way, there is a calming effect of the Sherpa Fred, and you can attest to that. Oh, yes, I can. Tim is a portfolio manager. Raymond James, a member of the Canadian Investors Protection Fund. Uh, Tim was on uh, this week talking about TFSAs and uh, their importance and how they can work with your portfolio and how do you balance them with RRSPs. All the things you need to know, you should know, if you're building wealth, okay, when you're looking towards your golden years, which have arrived for us. Mm -hmm. uh, Tim Niblett can be contacted at retirementsherpa.ca. Again, he'll have a look at your portfolio, no strings attached. He'll tell you if you're on the right track or not. He's a good guy. What, what more can we say? He's a wonderful man and does great work. That's right. Tim.Niblet at RaymondJames.ca. Okay. Well, there's a lot of good stuff there uh, the last couple minutes and this morning. Thanks to everyone. And uh, there's listen, a lot, of, a lot of shows would be done now. Not us. <laughs> <laughs> that would be enough show for a lot of people. But uh, we're just getting started. Uh, Dan Duran is here. Uh, you ready to do your thing there, fella? Yeah, absolutely. I'm no. ready to go. All right. No, here's to a fella. I'm sorry, sir. I cut you off. What? Oh, I, I just said with enthusiasm. I've got some enthusiasm. Oh, always. So, yeah, yeah. There you go. Okay, now here's a very enthusiastic Dan Duran. No. Here's to a fella named Dan Duran, a hell of a guy with a hella big wang, the quintessential <laughs> anchor man. His voice is nice and low. Oh. Dan Duran, the anchorman, comes as for credentials he has none. Can't tell a headline from his bum, but his voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the anchorman's here, he's prone to falling off his chair, but he's got a big wang, so he don't care, and his voice is nice and low. My voice is nice and low. And now, hold on, sorry, no mouse. And now live from uh, the uh, Dan and Howard Kitchen Studios, located near the dog bowls, the coffee maker, and the site of last night's shit dump by the dog, here's Dan Duran. Well, that was a stupid way to leave. Outgoing uh, Representative Madison Cawthorn, a goof, one of the goofballs in the, in the states, in the House floor, he was uh, at his last speech... He was. Uh, this is the w way he decided to leave the whole thing. Apparently, he uh, he wrapped up his office a couple of months ago or whatever. As soon as he lost, he he was out. Yeah. So uh, he uh, went on the floor and had a speech about soft metrosexuals. Our young men are taught that weakness is strength, that delicacy is desirable, and that being a soft metrosexual is more valuable than training the mind, body, and soul. 
Social media has weakened us, siphoning our men of their will to fight, to rise in a noble manner, square their jaws, and charge once more into the breach of life to defend what they love. So in this precipice of disaster, I ask the young men of this nation a question. Will you sit behind a screen while the storied tales of your forefathers become myth? Or will you stand resolute against the dying light of America's golden age? Will you reclaim your masculinity? Will you become a man to be feared, to be respected, to be looked up to? Or you let this nation's next generation be its final generation. If I may just quickly point out that uh, isn't he the one where the video on January 6th where it showed him fucking running like a baby out of that place as fast as he could? Isn't he that guy? No, no, that's a different guy. Who's that guy? This guy is a guy who stopped for uh, attempting to bring a gun through airport security a couple oh, of okay. times. All right. He was pictured wearing women's lingerie. Okay. Uh, <laughs> thrusting his crotch into another man's face. Heavily implied that members of his not very that own grand anything, party. Not that there's I, anything the wrong that, with that, Dan. <laughs> he's the one that what? Dan? Uh, made a habit of in, uh, that, that the grand old party had invited him to orgies. Cocaine-fueled orgies. Oh, that's right. That, right, that's, right. That's this guy, yeah. So okay. yeah, and that's his parting. That's his parting speech. Yeah. <laughs> that is yeah. okay. I think it was Collie that ran like a a suck out of there. Okay, well, is that guy a Trumper? I would imagine. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Because yeah, there's a super a man Trumper, Donald Trump. Now that's there's a man. oh yes. You should worship a man wearing a diaper who's addicted to Adderall. Yeah, he's a real man. Dan- Man's man. Oh, yeah, the whole thing is just so disgusting. Mm-hmm. But at least he, they go, they voted him out because that was enough of them. Yeah. Well, there is you know? that. You know, there's some there hope that. there. Yeah. Uh, Daniel, are are you going to be doing another story? You should get. I got the, another story. Here hang on a second. And live now with this time of the year story with more news and views. His uh, dad's arrive. Hey, so it's like the Merriam-Webster's 2022 word of the year. Oh yeah, it's gaslighting is the word of the year. Yeah, I saw that. And the definition, if you don't know. From Merriam-Webster, the psychological manipulation of a person, usually over an extended period of time, that causes the victim to question the validity of their own thoughts, perception of reality or memories, and typically leads to confusion, loss of confidence and self-esteem, uncertainty of one's emotional or mental stability, and a dependency on the perpetrator. Apparently, lookups for this word on the uh, the Merriam-Webster.com website increased 1,740% in 22, year over year, from the previous year. People uh, sometimes ask me, well, no, they don't, I'm making this up, but if I'm ever asked, <laughs> I just made that whole first sentence up. If I were ever asked why I like Steely Dan, this is a song from a 2001 Grammy Award. When won the album for 2000, I should say. This won the Grammy at that time for Album of the Year. It's an album called Two Against Nature. And why I've always loved Steely Dan is because, you know, they they tend to write songs that have sort of layered meanings. And this is a song from that album called Gaslighting Abbey. And I'm, it's funny, it's a phrase I'd known a long time. And it's like I learned it from them. I mean, we've seen more gaslighting. Basically, Trump is gaslighting the entire world. Because whenever he, that, that whole idea of news being fake and everyone's out to get him and on and on and on, all that is is gaslighting in manifested, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, I know you guys are Dan fans, uh, Steely and other. But uh, it's funny, I've always loved this song, but it, I had to go, when I first listened to it, I had to go look up what it meant. 
It's interesting. The term came from a, mo- a movie, uh, a 1944 uh, uh, film, which is a remake of another film, which was a, uh, a play set in the Victoria area called Gaslight. The term gaslighting was never used in any one of those uh, scripts. It was just the name of the uh, right. of, of the uh, thing. And it was about basically that, a, a guy whose uh, husband who was using trickery to convince his wife that she was mentally unwell. That's right. So he could steal from mm-hmm. her, right? Often <laughs> used to make someone feel like they're crazy, which is why it's so... It's why the whole Trump era has made us all uneasy because we're like, what? Are, are we crazy? This guy just said to put fucking bleach up your asshole. Is, are we Are we the ones that are nuts? And, it, you know, if you still follow him, you are still a fan, you still think he's a guy. It just, it exposes your intelligence. Because if by now you haven't caught on to that act, you're pretty fucking stupid. Right. And, and, and the election is stolen is gaslighting. Absolutely, but, I'm, but and and I always have this caveat, which is, it's listen. Anyway, one of the reasons I have sympathy, empathy, whatever you want to call it, for those people is because you're right, Fred. If by now you haven't figured out you're being gaslit. <laughs> It's easy to say you're a fucking moron, but that's part of the problem is that it's you, you don't know what's happening. You start to think like the rest of us who can see it. We Sometimes we still question and go like, wait a second. Like he, he just put out a thing yesterday, Trump, where he's selling a gold coin uh, under the uh, thing. It says, save America. It's a gold coin and uh, it's a picture of him with his stupid fucking hair says in God, we trust 2024 and he's selling it for 1495. Now the people who are going to buy it are totally being gaslighted because they think that's going to help save America, Mm -hmm. but it's really to help save Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. And the whole God thing, the religious spin on it, because those people that day to day live their lives under the pressure and the scourge of religion and God. He's not a Christian. He doesn't believe in God. It's a proven fact. He's just using those three letters, God, to suck those people in. Yeah. And what of, what kind of a betrayal is that? And they don't even see that. Yeah. You know, <laughs> okay. we've had this discussion. I've said it a bunch of times. The people that would most benefit from a democratic government who are only trying, not only, there's fuck too, but trying to help them with programs. Like, how many senators voted against the, whatever that act was called to, uh, you know, uh, the the infrastructure bill? Mm-hmm. Voted against it, but then went to their constituents and said, look, I got you $20 million for the new bridge. Mm-hmm. Gaslighting. Gaslighting. Anyway, and I, I saw that story, Daniel, and I'm glad you brought it up because it it's it's funny how uh, five years ago I never saw that term in the news other than, you know, the stupid Steely Dan album, my love. Um, all right, well, there you go. That's a lot of show. And, of course, as we do every Thursday, yeah, 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 yeah. Toronto. Come on, baby. This is our producer who not only is uh, in charge of this program, but he also has his own podcast where, from what I see on social media, he's putting out 15, 20 episodes a week. <laughs> he's, I'll tell you one thing, he's prolific, that's for sure. 
How's it going, guys? Uh, weren't you guys at that 1938 play? <laughs> 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 Love it. Suck yeah. it, Boone. Mm-hmm. Hey, Boone, what was that noise? Was that you or was that uh, us, that ding, ding? Or is that just... No, that was one of you guys. Okay. That was me. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought yeah. I thought it was like in Boone's world. Every time a bell rings, an angel gets a podcast. <laughs> no, in in Boone's world, we're very careful not to have. Oh, I thought so. Ring uh, during live recordings, but hey, I don't know if you guys want me to just cut to it. I was gonna get just right let to it, man. Because I was going to just say quickly. I heard you guys say you don't love the weight and uh, art subjective. You're entitled to your opinion, but I think the weight by the band is one of the greatest rock songs of all time. No, that's it's great. Just an yeah. opinion. Yeah. You know, it's a, again, it's very subjective. And the thing is, sure. you can not care for something, but deeply respect uh, the art and the work uh, put into it. But that Absolutely. song is... But what late. does Dan think? Like, Dan's a music guy. Like, Dan, what do you think of the weight? I don't care about the song so much. Uh, and I'll tell you why in a second. But the uh, I do like the uh, the chorus and singing along to, you know, that part of it is, is you know, kind of mm-hmm. anthemish. Yeah, sure. But a lot of the songs that are very popular, I'm sure Howard and Fred are the same way, is that we played That's the it. shit out of those songs. That's so 100%. that when you play it, it brings back a different kind of memory than most people. I don't necessarily associate that song with anything other than just overplaying it on the radio. And that was a CanCon song. Yep. So it was like 30% of the time it was on the air. Dan, I'm telling you, that's exactly the, the perspective I have on music. And f- maybe Fred to a lesser or greater, oh, whatever. Yeah, yeah lesser. But, I just don't like but, the song. Yeah, and, but I, I might have liked the song the first 400 times I played it. But time, when you play it, when, when I worked in rock radio, not rock, top 40 radio, I would do a six-hour shift, Mike, and Dan and I were doing sort of weekends and overnights in our early stages. Um, we would play a song two to three times in a shift because the, mm-hmm. the rotation was every couple hours. One of the reasons I wanted to get off the all-night show was because a four-hour shift, you only played the shit, tw- you only had to play it twice. So, Dan, that's exactly it. We're our perspective. This, You're right. It's, it's, a, it's a fine song. It just doesn't do a lot for me. Well, that's great. Like, insight that uh, as radio guys, I could see it would change for you. So, like, I missed... I never worked in radio and I can just say like when I hear that song I think this is one of the great songs in the history of rock and roll great, to man. you to you of course everything in yeah. art is to no, you no no that's what I, right. I was just gonna say that art needs to inspire and if you're not inspired by the art then it doesn't do for me what it does for you and that's great I, I, I probably give you a long list of songs that I like that you probably think what the yeah exactly listen yeah. a month and a half ago I was in the Louvie and I saw the Mona Lisa and I was like okay that's cool and I turn around and I was telling some of this there's a a, a painting on the wall that's the size of a bus I was more impressed with that Sure. <laughs> anyway, Mikey, we got some uh, big announcements. Uh, oh, by the way, by the way, I'm sure that Fred, Fred, Richie, under the category of weight, that weight. We carry that weight is a better weight song than the. Uh, <laughs> than sure, the it's part of the, uh, the oh, medley. Uh, yeah, yeah I would say too. I mean, carry that weight. Part of that Beatles medley. That's one of my favorite. It's golden slumbers carry that weight, and then the end. Right. Yeah, it's hard. Um, well, again. so listen on. Yeah. Uh, on Saturday, uh, we want everyone to know that uh, Toronto Mike is having another one of his Toronto Mike listener experiences at our friend's uh, place, Palma Pasta. Details are uh, available on Mike's social media. It's a three-hour event, noon to three. 
with listeners of Toronto Mike coming together in fellowship and song and pasta. Amazing. Yeah, we're going to feed you. So Palma Pasta will feed you delicious Italian food. Great Lakes Brewery is going to uh, provide free, fresh craft beer for everybody who comes out. And yeah, we're going to do a live recording. So if Humble Howard were to drop by between noon and three on Saturday, sitting on the mic, we'll catch up with Howard, see how he's feeling. It would be Amazing. Well, it's I've got TML news for you. I, I made a call last night to uh, my partner. I said, hey, dude, I'm going to go to this thing. Uh, what are you doing Saturday? So I have an announcement for you that Humble and Fred. Oh, my God. Both of us will be there. You just tell us when. We'd like to, if it was possible, we'd like to come early because I want to come back and watch golf. Well, <laughs> yeah, noon, then. Noon, noon. But uh, Freddie uh, and I thought it would be... Uh, you know, if I don't, I don't know if it's going to be it. Amazing. So well, Anthony would love to see you. Yeah, too. that's what I said. We want to come say hi to Anthony, and I want to pick up some pasta. And uh, we thought we would, uh, you know, support you because you support us so much. Well, that means a lot to me. And uh, yeah, it's noon to three. So if you want to come early, come closer to noon than three. But no, no, I would it's, love to have you. Yeah, tell everyone uh, we're going to be there sometime. You know, we'll be one of the first year, one of your first guests, if not the first. Well, you just told the uh, the Hundy Peas right now. And yeah, again, everybody is at Palma's Kitchen on this, a new room on the second floor in Palma's oh. Kitchen. It's, yeah, so you'll, it should be signage, but the second floor, not the main yeah. floor. Because so, I was going to say, regular shoppers just coming in are going to be helping themselves to your beer and food. <laughs> we actually, in 2019, we managed to contain it. So oh, they, okay. they didn't. Yeah, I was there in 2019. Like I was there very, very quickly. So like Anthony's to- bumped us up to the second, second uh, floor. So, yeah, that's near like Mavis and Burnham Thorpe, and you can find out where Palma's Kitchen is. But everyone, it's free admission. Just show up, and we're doing a live recording. Everyone who shows up can jump on the mic and say hi, and it's uh, going to be fun, 12 to 3 on Saturday. And it's only three hours, which is half the uh, time that Mike normally records his podcast. <laughs> now, okay, so that's TMLX11. Thanks for that, for mentioning that. That means a lot to me. But can I tell you about, you guys are involved in some bigger thing, and I just want to update you guys really quickly, if that's okay. Mm-hmm. Sure. Okay. So two weeks ago, I came on my regular Thursday and I talked about what happened with Dean McDermott because the previous day, which I think is two Wednesdays ago, Dean and Mary Jo Eustace were on your show and Dean left. Okay. Yes, so we recall that. Yes. <laughs> and as I told you last week, and I still believe it to be 100% true, uh, none of your questions were out of bounds. I think it was all fair. But how it hit Dean was, you know, it hit Dean the way it hit Dean. So a little context real quick is that I have 11 episodes of this podcast, X's and Uh-Oh's with Dean McDermott and Mary Jo Eustace. I have them all in the can. We've been working on this since June. I've been part of this with them and it's been a fun project. And then suddenly last Wednesday, so one week and one day ago, I got a call from Dean McDermott and he's like, Hey, Mike, can you jump on a Zoom? I want to chat. And I'm like, fine. I come down here. I Zoom in with Dean McDermott, private Zoom. He's got, I got big news, he tells me. I got big news. And I'm like, okay, what is it? I was excited. Like, you sold the show for a million dollars? What's going on? He says, I'm done. Don't drop episode three. I'm out. Something, something with that appearance on Humble and Fred uh, caused him to revisit everything and rethink everything. And then after three months at 11 episodes, he decided to pull the plug. So I actually recorded a, a new episode three. Me and Mary Jo... And Ray Don Chong, of all people, but us three got together and talked about what happened. But there is no more 
Dean McDermott on X's and uh-ohs since that appearance. That is crazy shit. So that let happened. me just be clear on this, because I don't know. So the first two dropped, like, it yeah. was a new show, right. and you, you were going to drop them systematically. Yeah. Before you dropped the third one, this happened. Okay. He pulls the plug so on So he's it. on the first two. Okay. He's on the first two. Okay. I've got nine on this computer here. Yeah. So don't break in and steal it. It's worth a lot uh, of money. Quick to question, though. Is Ray Don Chong still a juice factory? <laughs> She's a pistol. <laughs> is she now? Sure. Is she single? I don't know. Is she a single? Person. She would know her. So first of all, you probably know her as Tommy Chong's daughter. Yes, exactly. Oh, else. But she's a great actress, actually. Yes, she is. A request for fire. Yes, uh, I do. That's what I'm saying. She's a <laughs> she's a lovely. Uh, she won a genie for that, I believe. Hey, Dan, how many genies have you won, buddy? Mm, none. Uh, Dan, how many genies have how you How many fucked? genies have you boned? I just said that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, I, yeah. I so barged my way. We both did it at the same time. Because that's the joke. Dan, how many genies did you have sex with? How many genies rubbed your fucking lamp? So, what do you, so, Mike, what you're saying is he's had... Is he okay? Like He's this, fine in that he seems... Uh, like I, I see he's got a, a healthy presence on uh, Instagram, and he seems to be living his life and loving his wife, Tori Spelling, and all seems good. There's been a narrative in the tabloids where Tori sold some stories about how, uh, I think, quote-unquote, Divorce is off the table. Her and Dean have worked it out. And I'm wondering, and I'm guessing here, maybe this, this if that didn't jive with... With Tori. With, yeah, maybe the Dean and Mary Jo mm. thing yeah. didn't, wasn't simpatico with the divorce is off the table. Oh, I love that, Boone. That is some late-breaking news. I thought yeah. my announcement was going to be a, a big surprise, but no. <laughs> well, it gets a little bit better because episode three of X's and O's, which just dropped last night, you can literally hear it right now. So I'm on there, but I played the clip. I played that same clip of uh, Dean and Mary Jo on Humble and Fred. So there's a lot of Humble and Fred talk early love uh, and often in episode three of X's and O's as we give some context to what the hell happened to Dean. And will we be able to get Mary Jo back on the show at some point to, uh, you know, have a return? Are you, to the are you guys sitting, Dan, Fred, Humble, are you guys sitting down? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> what, what is it? I don't know what to say to that. Okay. Wednesday morning, Mary Jo Eustace returns to Humble and Fred to talk about all of this. Fantastic. There you go. Three spoiler alerts just all dropped at the same time. I didn't know that. I hadn't looked at the schedule for next week. I, I leave that yeah, up to you. Yeah, she's in there for, for Wednesday. Who's and on? she's actually going to be in Florida, so she says she Perfect. doesn't have to wake up at 5 a.m. What's the uh, What's the uh, Tuesday show? Because every other day is just me and Freddie and Danny. Jackie Delaney makes her Oh, that's turn. right, right, right. Also, let's tease the fact, get people a little excited that we're going to have quite, it's going to be quite the episode on December 22nd, which is a Thursday, last episode of the calendar year. Yeah, the all-star the all Christmas up, show, started, yeah. You guys start at 7.30, but then, you know, regular after regular pops in 7.50, 8 o'clock, 8.10, 8.20, and it all uh, kind of comes to a, a, a exciting climax at 9 a.m. when the great Stephen Page comes on in and, and does some wonderful uh, music for you. What a sweet guy. Yeah, he never forgets. Eh? He's a good guy. And uh, never also, said no to you. And Ryan, you, you've, you've checked out, you've worked with Ryan's sister who's going to... Our agent, uh, Ryan's oh, going to... you need a contact for Ryan's sister. I sent him to you. I sent Ryan... Well, just reach out to Ryan for it. Would you mind? Yeah, which Ryan? Honestly, I have Ryan McCallum. Ryan. 
accountable. Not f- the other dude. The other dude okay. just works for Ryan. Too many Ryans in your world. Okay. And right. Jackie will be able to, you know, give her um, opinion on the, you know, the chorus. Oh yeah, yeah that's Steve. Uh, by the way, I want to go there. I'm, I, I, I want to talk to you guys after the show, but I, that's what I want to talk to her about. I, the political that's stuff with her, I, I just find him. <laughs> Getting yeah, too much. Uh, we did that with Tony yesterday. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, there you go. T my MLX thirteen. TMLX eleven. That eleven. Like listener experience. This is our eleventh, and it's uh, December third, noon to three at Palmas Kitchen. Your food and your drink are free. And, and there's uh, a live musical performance that'll be pretty cool too. There's lots of excitement uh, and surprises. Well, we'll be gone long before the excitement. We'll just uh, come in, <laughs> pop in, and uh, give you our Amazing. best wishes. Uh, Mary Jo Eustace telling uh, all kinds of stories a week from yesterday on the Wednesday program. Jackie Delaney talking Derringer next week. Yeah. And uh, fant- and uh, Stephen Page will be part of our final show of the year on December 23rd. So many minds too much. Today. And Humble and Fred at TMLX 11. Everyone, uh, thanks for your, uh, again, thanks for all the great emails. And uh, I'll be at the uh, doctor tomorrow morning at 8.15. And hopefully I'll be in surgery on Saturday. <laughs> That's the only way I'm going to miss your event, Boone, is if they if he looks at my, my charts and goes, Oh, Howard, let me drive you to the hospital myself. <laughs> I hope that doesn't happen. Yeah, well, I... Uh, as I said to Dan, hey, I think bring I your charts to TMLX 11. We can review them on the recording. Oh, Fred and I will sign them. You can sign my EKGs. But I said to Dan, I may have mentioned on the show, one of the, I have a list of questions I want to ask him because, you know, he's a busy guy and he's got, he, they made an, an adjustment and got me in early. I was supposed to see them December 16th. And uh, I said, one of the first things I want to ask is uh, weed. Second is sex. <laughs> What's going on with that? Sex with who? Anyone at this point. <laughs> <laughs> It's good exercise. I think he didn't. That's what I've read. Don't forget forget about bananas and coffee. Oh, that's right. I told Dan I can't have potassium. I can't have caffeine right now. Yeah, they're all triggers for arrhythmia. No. At least I can fuck myself with a banana. (laughs) I'm sorry, sir. What? (laughs) Nothing. I heard you, fucker. Hey, can I fuck myself with a banana while I'm having a coffee and some chocolate? Uh. <laughs> All right. Uh, Are we still on? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah, we haven't wrapped it up yet. Yeah, we haven't quite wrapped going. it up yet. Fucking, <laughs> you just figured that out. Why well, could I, I just lose track? Sometimes. I just like the the part of this song. I always just speed it forward because I think, for me as a super Beatles fan like yourself, this part here is one of my favorite. One of my fa- it's only 45 seconds. It's one of my favorite sections of a Beatles song. And in the end, the love you take is equal to the love you make. You know, if there ever is a final Humble and Fred show. Maybe this is how we should end it. And then just at the very last second, a giant wet fart. 
<laughs> I was going to say the final, the final of Fred's show, right? You won't know. No, exactly. Because That's, you'll be dead. I'll be so dead. One of you um, I'll be so dead. All right, everyone. Have a great weekend. We'll see you on uh, Monday. This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by Bodog, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, GoDaddy, Air Adventures, EVNet.ca, and our newest sponsor, Kelsey's, Canada's original roadhouse since 1978. Email us, Fred at com. Like us, please tell your friends. We want to see this podcast grow. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Durant. Now to get this place cleaned up. Paper towels in the wrong bins, if it's in the sink, <laughs> on the floor. Merry December, and remember, enjoy every goddamn day. Pulling out jobs and jamboree handouts, two turntables and a microphone. Bottles and cans, just clap your hands, just clap your hands. Where's that?